Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Life is full of what ifs. Some awesome, like what if AI could fold your laundry? And some, well, less awesome, like what if you have unexpected medical costs? United Healthcare can help get you covered with Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans. They supplement your primary plan to help you manage out-of-pocket costs. No deductibles, no enrollment periods, and especially no more what-ifs. Visit uh1.com to find the Health Protector Guard plan for you. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do it. Sign up now, and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. MintMobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45, equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply, if rated PG. Hello and welcome. I am your host, Michael Moorcroft. The world is full of unseen forces. Let me be your guide as we lift the veil and peer into the face of the unknown. This is the Mage as well, your one-on-one guide to all things witchcraft and spiritual. Hey Majors, thanks for tuning in. You might remember that I briefly spoke about the phoenix in the fire element episode, I covered that Egyptian invocation to the bird which they called Bennu. I found it really interesting, so I thought I'd actually go a little bit deeper into it within this bonus episode. So, buckle up, majors. Legends all over the world mention a great bird often linked to the sun, either physically with its body aflame, or symbolically. It is often majestic and radiant, and it lives for hundreds of years, before, in some cultures, it bursting into flames and emerging reborn from its own ashes. Connected to the rising sun and fire, it's a powerful symbol, and a motif that lives on today in popular culture. How long it lives, it's unknown. It's anywhere from 500 years to just under 1,500 years before it needs to be reborn. But one of the first mentions of the bird comes from Egyptian myth, where they called it the Bennu bird, meaning shining one, or he who goes around, both a reference to the sun. It looks like a lot of the accounts of the phoenix actually come from this Egyptian version of the bird, the Bennu. It is through the Greeks that the phoenix actually became mainstream and how we know it today, but I'm going to elaborate on that more later. Now, to the Egyptians, this Bennu bird is depicted as a heron, with two long feathers stemming from the back of its head. It was worshipped alongside Ra and Osiris, two of the most important gods within the Egyptian pantheon. 
And this bird, it was also seen as a guide for the dead, and it was invoked to aid in their spiritual transformation. In the weighing of the heart, which takes place after someone has died, and their soul actually kind of stands trial before 42 gods. And these gods read out a list of crimes, and if the person wishes to go further into the underworld and through their journey into the afterlife, they must declare that they have not committed these crimes. Often, they attest their purity by comparing themselves to that of the Bennu bird. The bird was closely linked to Heliopolis, the city of the sun, and the place where creation supposedly began within Egyptian mythology. There's actually two origin stories for the Bennu bird. One is that it created itself when a Persa tree, a very sacred tree, and seen as the tree of life within Egypt, when this tree burst into flames. The other one, according to the pyramid texts, is when the first mound was created by the creator gods, rising it from the primordial water, this Bennu bird was the first life form. It was when the bird cried out that the cycle of time had begun. This mound was called the Benben, and the original spot was supposed to be in Heliopolis. The Benben was also seen as the top of pyramids and obelisks, which is where the bird also resided. I've spoken a little bit about this mound in the Sacred Sites Karnak episode. The phoenix comes into its own and its more modern form with the Greeks, beginning with Herodotus, who visited Egypt. Quote, The Egyptians have a sacred bird called the phoenix, which I myself have never seen except in pictures. Indeed, it is a great rarity, even in Egypt only coming there according to the accounts of the people of Heliopolis, once in 500 years. When the old phoenix dies, its size and appearance, if it is like the pictures, are as follows. The plumage is partly red, partly golden, while the general make and size are almost exactly that of an eagle. They tell a story of what this bird does, which does not seem to me to be credible. That he comes all the way from Arabia, and brings the parent bird all plastered over with myrrh, to the temple of the sun, and there buries the body. In order to bring him, they say, he first forms a ball of myrrh as big as he finds that he can carry, then hollows out the ball and puts his parent inside, after which he covers over the opening with fresh myrrh, and the ball is then exactly the same weight as at first. So he brings it to Egypt, plastered over as I have said, and deposits it in the temple of the sun, such is the story they tell of the doings of this bird. This is the first time the word phoenix is used, and we don't actually know why. Perhaps it sounds similar to the pronunciation of the Bennu bird, because we should note we can only translate Egyptian today. We have no idea how the words and how the syllables sounded. There's theories that phoenix means red or purple, which could link to how the bird looked, but Egyptian depictions are always grey and brown, and they don't match Herodotus' description at all. And even the story of this ball of myrrh, that isn't an Egyptian account. Within Egyptian lore, there's also no mention of its Arabian home. But this passage was so influential, it formed opinions on the bird for the next 2,300 years. And there's even evidence that Herodotus took this information from another historian, Hecatius. 
Some believe that the phoenix is linked to the Phoenicians, a seafaring people that were based in modern-day Lebanon. This connection was explained by saying the cities were famous for its purple dyes used for royal robes. Some of the colours of the bird's feathers were red and purple, although there's others who believe that there was this link, due to the fact that when Phoenician cities were under threat of attack, rather than stay and fight the invaders, the citizens would gather all their riches and set sail, and only return once the invaders had sacked their city and left. They would then rebuild the city. The number of times this happened over the ages gave them the name of the Phoenicians, but it's a tenuous link, and there's evidence to suggest that the word Phoenix has been mistranslated and doesn't bear any relation to the Phoenicians. Others over time, particularly Ovid, add to this narrative, this narrative that Herodotus wrote, and that the bird lived on a diet of frankincense and aromatic gums, and it builds a funeral pyre out of cinnamon and myrrh for its rebirth. Now once this happens, it takes the ashes and flies to Heliopolis, and leaves them on the sun altar. It travels from its home in Arabia, it travels from its home in Arabia, where it lives next to a well, where each morning it sings a song so beautiful that Apollo in his fiery chariot actually has to stop to listen. There are some who theorise that this journey from Arabia to Heliopolis is actually a meteor that travelled across the sky and landed in the ancient city. Rome adopts it as a figure that represents Rome and the Eternal Empire. Often their coins bore the current emperor, and on the other side would be the phoenix. This was symbolising that with each new emperor, Rome, and therefore the empire, was reborn. The emperor Elagalbus was supposedly so obsessed with the bird, that he wanted to eat it in order to gain its immortality. He sent soldiers to track it down, obviously they couldn't, but rather than return empty-handed, they got him a bird of paradise, and the emperor was tricked. In China, a similar bird is known as Efeng Huang, usually seen as a sacred leader of all birds, and often depicted as a pair. Efeng is the male, with the female being Huang, together a symbol of love. The bird also symbolised the empress and feminine grace. In contrast, the dragon symbolised the emperor and masculine power. The dragon and the bird could be enemies, or the greatest of lovers. Now, the oldest depiction of the Efeng Huang is from a silk painting discovered in a tomb, thought to be from 475 BCE to 221 BCE. A male and female bird supposedly arrived in China in 2467, according to Chinese royal records. It's supposedly attracted by the flute. It lives in a dryandra tree in the Kulun Mountains and eats a diet of bamboo shoots. It only leaves its home to fly out over the country when it's marking a malevolent ruler taking to the throne or a wise sage being born. It's generally seen as ushering in a new era. The Efeng Huang reputedly appeared around the birth of Confucius, a Chinese sage and important philosopher within Chinese history. This bird is completely independent from the Greek phoenix. There's no flames involved in its mythology, and it never dies. It's just simply immortal. But when translating the name in 1800, James Legg gave it the name of the phoenix, and its identity morphed. The bird came to Japan in the 6th century, 
where it became known as the Ho'o, and similar to the Efeng Huang. Ho was the male, and O was the female. And the bird was traditionally depicted with a bird's beak, a swallow's jaw, and a snake's neck. The front half of its body was said to resemble a giraffe, while the back was a deer. In Persian mythology, we have a bird called the Simurg, which bears a lot in common with the phoenix. A bird so old, it had seen the destruction of the earth three times, and lived for 1,700 years before plunging itself into flames. Within Zoroastrianism, the bird was known as Marego Sena, and was revered for its healing abilities. Now, so strong was its link with healing, that the word Sena became a title for physicians, indicating that they had accumulated great skill within their field. This bird lived in the Tree of Knowledge, and when it took flight it shook the whole tree, releasing the seeds of every valuable plant into the world. Later, it was said that the bird took refuge on the Persian holy mountain of Alburz, far, far away from civilization. There's actually a myth surrounding the bird and this mountain about the hero called Rostam. Nazal was an albino baby, and his father thought he was demonic, so abandoned him on the mountain of Alburz. The Simurg bird discovered the child, took him in, and raised him. Now, Zal grew up and was eventually of age to leave the mountain, but before he did so, the bird gifted him three of his feathers that Zal was supposed to burn in the case of an emergency. So he leaves the mountain and he meets a beautiful woman named Rudaba, and then he gets married, happy days. But Rudaba became pregnant and then went into labour, and this is where things took a turn. It was a difficult birth, and Zal panicked, so he grabbed one of the feathers and burnt it. The bird appeared and stretched its wings across the sky, which indicates the size of the bird. And it asked for a wise man, and a steel dagger, and that Rudaba must be drunk, and essentially a c-section must be performed. And this was actually one of the earliest mentions of a c-section taking place. Afterwards, Rudaba must be stitched up, and a poultice made from a plant must be applied to the wound, and then one of the feathers must be rubbed on it. The baby was successfully delivered, and Rudaba made a full recovery, and they named the child Rostam, who grew up to become a powerful holy warrior. Throughout the Avesta, the Zoroastrian holy book, the bird is also mentioned several other times. Now, in Jewish religious texts, the phoenix makes an appearance, it's hinted at in Exodus, not named, but bearing a description that is very similar to this classical version of the bird and not the Egyptian version. In the Baroque, it's said that the bird actually flies next to the sun, absorbing some of its rays to protect the human race. Throughout Jewish mysticism, the bird is called the Milchem, and when Eve took a bite of the apple, she tempted all of the creatures within the garden. But when she came to the Milchen bird, it actually said no, and it was the only one who did so. And as a result, it was rewarded with immortality. Every thousand years, it would be reborn from its own ashes, and it was also allowed to stay in the garden. In the Babylonian Talmud, the bird actually appears in Noah's Ark, and Noah actually speaks to it, asking does it want some food, but it doesn't need anything, it can sustain itself. Early Christians come to use the phoenix and actually link it to Jesus with this ability to resurrect, and it also became a really heavy symbol used within alchemy 
and in turning lead into gold. It also features a lot in royal seals and crests as a symbol of nobility, power and loyalty. Hindus know a similar bird to the phoenix, they call it Garuda, and it's supposedly the king of all birds, and Vishnu rides on its back, and also the bird is able to change its size at will. Within Slavic folklore, we have the great firebird, a huge fiery beast, and in some tales it actually loses a feather, and this feather alone is enough to light up an entire room. Within Slavic tales, the bird is a personification of the seasons and it helps many heroes, often appearing in stories alongside Babi Agar. What are some of the explanations? It is quite intriguing that every culture has this solar bird that they pay homage to. It could be a retelling of the creation myth, or carry the meaning that the soul is constantly being reborn and never truly dies. It could be a bird that lived in prehistory, and was inspired by a species of megafauna that has since died out. The Bennu bird in particular is thought to be a species of heron that died around 5000 BCE. Could it have been so widespread prior to its extinction that it invoked a rich folklore in cultures that still recognise it today? Possibly. The bird could also be a metaphor for the endurance of the human spirit. But no one's too sure. The universal characteristic of this bird was its ability to resurrect or its immortality. Regardless of its murky origins, it still lives on today and carries potent meanings and symbolism. To rise from the ashes is to return stronger and transformed. Peace out, witches. catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. This message comes from BOF sponsor eBay. You'll know real when you get it. It'll say eBay Authenticity Guarantee. And you'll feel it. Maybe it's a head-turning handbag, a watch that says it all, jewellery that makes you look like the gem, or sneakers and streetwear so fresh every step feels fly. eBay gets it. So look for the blue check mark next to that thing you love. And be confident that every inch, stitch, sole, and logo is checked by experts. With eBay Authenticity Guarantee, you can trust that feeling of real is always in reach. Ensure your next purchase is the real deal. Visit ebay.com for terms. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more 
and is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com pack for free shipping and 365-day returns.